So tell me about your Halloween, Katie. Um, it was not great. Oh. Uh, we have to, we have to understand that these things are going to be delayed quite a bit. So we're going to be talking <laughs> about Halloween probably close to Christmas. Yeah, maybe even New I Year's. Don't know. I think I was planning on doing like we should do Christmas movies in December, but we're recording all of these in advance. So I think at this point we're into December. So maybe we should do oh, the next one. And I think maybe our next episode should be a Christmas yeah, I think rom-com. I we can have at least one that way. Ugh, yeah. Those are my fave. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So next year we'll know that we need to record the Christmas ones in October. We'll be better at scheduling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Halloween was last week when we recorded this. Uh, and yes. yeah, a couple things happened. Yes. Um, this is going to sound like, you know, um champagne problems for sure but it's um (laughs) i went outside for the like to go and do stuff i mean it was off i always ask Mm. off for halloween even before we i asked off for like in july before we had plans so a friend of mine was having a party um that evening but i was off the rest of the day until then and but the night before i had started to get sick so i wasn't sure if i was gonna end up going to the party or not because i was sniffly and i'm still like i'm fine i'm fine it was it was like a cold and i think it's mostly passed so i went outside to the car i was gonna run a couple errands and i noticed that there was a boot on my car (gasps) oh no Um, oh no katie yeah i mean it's my fault but still (laughs) this is that's like not fun so I had to go there. So I went I went on the computer and I was like trying to look it up and it was like, your driver's license doesn't exist. And I'm like, well, that's not true because I'm holding it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they said, you're going to have to go to a facility. You cannot oh, no. pay online. You're going to have to go to this facility. And so I got an Uber and I went and it's like, I live on right off of this, one of the main streets, like one yeah. of the main parallel streets. And this facility is like three and a half miles straight down that street. Like it's basically just a straight shot all the way down. And so we get there. It's like, you know, 10, 15 minute Uber drive though. So I get there and I wait in line and I get to the window and she's like, oh, we can't do this because our system is not updated or something. You're going to have to call. And I was like, okay, well, they told me I had to come into the office. And she's like, well, just tell them that. And then they'll help you on on the phone. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So this was a waste of time. Yeah. And money. And so I have my earbuds in and I decide, you know what, I'm going to call while I'm walking toward home. Um, And when I finish, I'll just call the Uber there and I'll be that much closer to where I'm going. And it'll be a little bit cheaper. Um, So I started doing that and I was on hold for a long time. And then Mm -hmm. I spoke to somebody and they're like, oh, I can't help you. You're going to have to talk to somebody else. And then I was on hold for an even longer time. And then I spoke to the woman and she was very nice and we cleared it up and it was fine. And they even like, because of like, partially it was their fault. I mean, I did owe money on traffic tickets, but there was more, (laughs) there's a little more to it than that. And so they did waive some of that. And, but I still had to pay the boot fee. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was like, you know, $125, which is fine. Um, Uh. But then like, I was not in it, not in a great mood. Uh, And I decided, and I've done this before, I'm just going to walk home. Uh, So I ended up walking like three and a half miles in the, also I should note, it had started snowing. Oh, yes. Um, And at first it was just like, you know, light snow was like beautiful, like Halloween in Chicago, listeners, it, sometimes it snows, you know, winter in Chicago is Halloween to Easter usually is what I say. Yep. And this was, this was Halloween. Then it started to pour down snow, like just shitting snow um <laughs> happy on the, halloween was, my hair was completely soaked i 
I eventually pulled the hood up that I forgot I was wearing. Oh. And um, it was... it was that, that you looked like you were in one of those Hallmark rom-coms. I absolutely yeah. did. You know, I had yeah. snow all over, all covering yeah. my hair. Yeah, it was uh, it was very cute. And uh, so I got, I got home and I was like, you know what? I deserve Chipotle. Yes. And so I went on line and I was like, the Chipotle's website, the Chipotle's website was there. No! What is this day? <laughs> I know. Oh Which like, don't feel sorry for me. The Chipotle website was down. You know, I ate something at the house, which is what I should have done in the <laughs> but first still, place. That's but like, like the last thing that you want. Things are already not going your way. And that's just like the last straw. Are, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, then, no, the last straw was I started to get sick again. Oh, and I ended up not going to the party. Oh. But it was very nice. Just had a quiet evening yeah. at home. Caitlin and I watched a movie nice. and it was very nice, Good. but I was, and then by the time we started, we watched The Nun too. Oh. And by the time the movie started, I was like, I'm fine. I could, I mean, I don't it's know. It's probably better. You want know, I should, I obviously don't want to like infect yeah. people, but like, I don't know. So and because of the way that like my sinuses always are, and you can probably hear it in my voice is I never know if I'm sick or if it's just you know, allergies or the way that my nose works or stuff. So it's always hard to say because like there's not a day goes by that I don't sneeze like half a dozen yeah. times, like sick, like as well as pos as I can be. You know, I'm just a if I were a dwarf, I'd be sneezy. Do you have a deviated septum? No, no, I do oh. not. It's my mom's favorite excuse for why my dad snores and why he's got bad sinuses. Oh, yeah. I don't snore. Um, I mean, not any more than I mean, I do occasionally, but not like yeah, everybody's it's not snores. bad or anything. But I am. Um, it's mostly just sometimes I'm sneezy. Oh, sneezy. They're sneezy. Well, the other thing is there were two cats at this party and I decided I didn't want to like. Oh, yeah. That would have just added. Yeah. Katie's allergic to cats. Yeah. I know. And I love them, yeah. which is sad. Yeah, because I have They two. want to kill me. Yeah. But they're That's so true. cute and fluffy. Well, I had a great yeah. Halloween. I well, good for you. Yeah, I went to. A you were also alone because your husband has fled the country. I drove him to the airport. <laughs> he is in Australia uh, for a wedding, and and he's with like all of his friends. It's like really sad because I miss everyone, and it's like really nice to see everyone. Apparently, everyone keeps asking about me. That's the first thing that they say to Charlie. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, oh my god, I'm so bored. <laughs> Who is yeah. she? So I drove him to the airport, which took an insane amount of time because he's late for everything and then he then proceeded to lose his airpods case on his flight to vancouver and then oh, he had Charlie, to buy a new no. one yeah and then he left his like he asked me to print out his visa for him and then he left it in the car he didn't need it though it was fine he could just okay. use it on his phone okay and then he forgot he forgot so many things and this is like this was a big step for me because i did not help him pack at all I was just like, this oh. is you. This is all you. You're an adult. <laughs> Do this. And, you know, like, basically parenting my spouse. It's hard for them sometimes. It's hard. It's hard. Especially because Charlie's very... by them, very, I mean yeah. men. <laughs> men. Well, Charlie's very, like, book smart. And very, very, like, you know, math smart and, like, paper smart. But in terms of, like, being on time for things paper or remembering smart. things, there are so many times that he is like one of my favorite stories is we were in an airport and he left his shoes at the other side of security and he had to ask to go to the other side of security to get his shoes and then after he did that he turned to me and he goes i can't find my wallet do you have my wallet and i was like why do i have your wallet no 
It literally <laughs> gives me a Her husband attack. sounds nothing like that. Yeah. that is, I have to say. <laughs> He'll be a guest. Oh, I think he wants to be a guest for Love Actually, whatever we do Love Actually. Okay. okay. Um, but, but yeah, I was very glad to not be traveling with my husband because it gives me insane anxiety uh i love him but uh but yeah so i got to spend it alone and i watched uh what we do in the shadows and the movie or the show the show because i i was behind very great so so oh we're we're so behind we're like i don't think we i think we just finished season one like oh really never watched the rest of it yeah i two and four we liked it we just forgot yeah season four i think is one of the funniest because like season one is just like great start to finish but season four that it like comes back and you're like what (laughs) lol and so so yeah so that that was my halloween and then i got to sleep alone in my bed and stretch out which anyone who is in a long-term relationship knows boy oh boy that's nice sometimes i'm happy for you i can't like if if yeah if i have to sleep alone i get um sad but I also I don't I don't I don't really stretch out. I like to, I stay on my side. I'm a very I'm a big Aww. side of the bed person. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you do you sleep on the on the right side or the left side? Um, if I'm facing the bed, I am like if I'm looking at the bed, I sleep on the left side. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I sleep on the right side. Yeah. Oh, if we ever have to right. bunk together. So true. Perfect. Great. Right. Um, I said I don't. Uh, yeah. So I was saying that I was. I asked somebody. I asked a couple who'd been together a long time that question one time. I was like, "So how fat? Like, did your sides of the bed, you know, match up when you first got got together?" And they're like, "Oh, we don't have sides of the bed. We just randomly sleep on one side every night." That's chaos. And I said, "That's that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Are where you, do you joking? Where do you put yourself? You don't like." Right? Where do you put your stuff? It was shocking to me. Like I told everybody about it at the I time. Mean, this was years insane. ago. You have to have your like. I can understand not caring that much yeah. about it. Like having like, oh well, I sleep on the right and she sleeps, and it's fine. You know, it's not a big deal. But like to just to just randomly sleep on one side or the other every right? night. That's that's in, insane. Where does your like, pillow go? I know. Like, I'm not going to sleep on Charlie's pillow. We have different needs and firmness. Yes, I know. Goodness gracious me. Um, but yeah, it was really nice. Uh, like I, I told you before he left, it, it's been nice for the first 24 hours. Now the novelty's starting to wear off. I'm having a movie night with my parents tomorrow. Oh, what you watching? We're going to watch I, I Married a Witch. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen it. If I have, I think it was I put it on the spreadsheet. Ago. Yeah, I, I oh, put a nice. lot of tried to do a lot of older movies on the spreadsheet when I first made it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, the television show Bewitched ripped it off like a few years later. Yeah, yeah. So this For is the OG. Anyone who doesn't know what it is, it, yeah, it's Bewitched. If you can't tell from the title, <laughs> right? Uh, anyways, getting into the nuts and bolts of it, since we're talking about movies, here's your intro crazy that we should talk about movies this is go get your girl the podcast where two girls with ponytails and glasses learn to let down their hair put on contacts and fall in love with this week's romantic comedy amelie so good so good i mean neither of us are wearing glasses right now but we do both have ponytails yeah we do both have ponytails i almost wear my glasses 
I, I realized that like it would be way more convenient for me to like match up these intros with like the movie. Oh, so like yeah. the French one would have been really good. And then if we were doing, you know, uh she's all that, then that would have been a good one. Yeah. But that's I just write these as they come to me. Well, I mean, you can start that now. Like we're still in the true figuring it out phase. You know? Out. Yeah. Things are things are molding. Anyways, my name's Emma. Because we're chill and cool. And I'm Katie. Hi, chill and cool. I'm and Katie here to talk about Amelie. Also, I went to this really amazing like art show that my friend Erin, she um Yeah, she, I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah, it was so much fun. It was like inspired by Medusa, by this painting that this artist did of Medusa. And she hired Erin, my friend, to build her outfit to be a replica of the painting and it was gorgeous it was so cool uh and she was just like a walking textile art piece because she was wearing this outfit that my friend Aaron made it was absolutely beautiful That's uh, and i was talking to Aaron about the podcast and she came up with a really good idea that i'm gonna pitch to you on air okay uh, okay charlie isn't completely on board but i love it so we're gonna keep doing it Basically, before we watch any of these movies, especially the ones that Charlie hasn't seen, I show him the poster of the movie and I ask oh, Charlie, yeah. mm-hmm. what do you think this movie's about? Absolutely. <laughs> so we did that. I did that for Amelie. And the first. He has not seen Amelie. He has not seen Amelie. It is. It, this okay. was a first viewing. And there was a lot of things that I cannot say that he said <laughs> about the French. Oh, because he's British. Because yeah. the British and the French have this weird, like, love you, hate you relationship. And he was like, don't yeah. say that on the podcast, as I'm saying it now on the podcast. Uh, right, right, right. So Charlie's first reaction to the poster of Amelie is, well, this is a movie about a woman called Amelie. And he wasn't wrong. That's true. Which poster did you show him? The one where she's holding up the spoon? That's yeah. the cover of the DVD? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That one. Uh, so great. First reactions, thoughts, feelings, Amelie. Um, yeah. Uh, w- first, uh, the first time I saw this, I was in high school, and I definitely saw it at like a cool girl's house yeah. who would show uh, like the younger kids the movies, and she had it on DVD, and I thought the DVD was super cool because it was like this is the early days of DVD. You understand that this was like I don't know, two thousand two, two thousand three. <laughs> But it was like, I think it was a two disc one and it was like paper and it had its own thing and it folded out and it was really pretty, um, the DVD box of that. So I remember that even though I, and I'm surprised I never bought it. I don't think so. Unless it's at my parents' house. I do not have this. You look. It seems like the kind of thing I would have. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, shout out Sarah Hood, uh, (laughs) who was a senior when I was a sophomore, I guess, and showed me that movie. And it was so cool. And... (laughs) Yeah, it was a part of all of our personalities for years. It was like, you know, it was French. So, you know, it was like sophisticated and romantic, but it was also like a a comedy. I mean, yeah, it's whimsical. It's not really. We'll get into how much of a rom-com this movie is, I guess, later. I I did make a lot of romance is light. Yeah, it's more of a quirky comedy. And it's like, if you were just getting into the Decemberists and... (laughs) Zoe Deschanel and Zoe Deschanel, which I my love of Zoe Deschanel is already on this podcast but yes, I can tell you I've same. I've seen the Decemberists multiple times in <laughs> live if you love the shins 
yeah, if the shins changed your life and you were yep. so excited about the the Garden State movie coming yep. out, you will love you, Amelie. You owned the DVD of Amelie, yes. and you know and so we all had a twee phase. Yeah. Oh yeah. This was and this was before twee. This was pre twee. This was two thousand two. Yeah. It takes place in the nineties. Two thousand one. Two thousand one is when the movie was made. So yeah, I didn't very see it then. Twee. Yeah. So this is like before. Um, Oh my god, what's that movie? There's this one movie that I feel is the epitome of Twee, which is um, Is it a Wes Anderson movie? No, but yeah. Uh no, it's the it's a musical version of this one like super indie band. It's called um not Go Get Your Girl, that's the name of our podcast. <laughs> oh, it's uh, the Bell and Sebastian musical. And oh, that's it, that, that's way later, yeah, yeah. But I feel like that movie is like the epitome of Twee. Yeah, Bell and Sebastian were very Twee, also, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I believe that I saw the first scene of this probably in two thousand three, two thousand two, two thousand three. I remember I was like relatively young and naive because as soon as that first scene happens with the Amelie goes. I wonder how many orgasms are happening right now. And you see all the Oh, orgasms. so we should point out that I watched the one with the uh, the <laughs> subtitles, and Emma oh. apparently watched the one where people do an English dub and outrageous French accent. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not just anyone. It's me doing the dubbing. It's my oh, okay. French you accent. did it yourself. Okay. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Different voices for everyone? Great. Perfect. <laughs> I'm French Canadian. I can do this. It's <laughs> okay. You can't be racist against French people. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and so, like, I I got to that scene the first time that I attempted to watch this movie, and I was like, "This is really fun and pretty, and look at all the bright colors." And then the orgasm scene happened, and I was so young and naive, and it made me just like, "Oh, what? What is this?" That I had to heavens. turn it off because I uh, heavens. I heavens! I felt um, embarrassed and ashamed. I was watching it and a little. You were dirty. watching it alone. You weren't like with uh, your parents. Or I th- I was. I think it was on TV. It was on like HBO or something. Uh, and so yeah. I turned it off because I was just like, oh, I can't be seen watching a porno. <laughs> porno. <laughs> Amelie. And then finally, years later, I was understudying a show at Steep Theater called birdland and i got to go on i found out that i was going to go on and so i had to do a lot the character the like main character i was playing is um uh, has a french accent and so i had to go through a lot of like um training with the dialect coach and then <laughs> the director was like emma your accents it's good but like maybe just go watch amelie and i was like i've actually never seen amelie so i watched amelie in preparation for the role and i watch uh i watch a lot of french tv uh there's a really great oh, yeah? show called um get my agent or go get my agent which is on oh yeah i know that song so, that, that show yeah so good i started watching that um because the dialect coach was just like just watch as much french stuff as you can to like get the way that they speak and the way that their inflections are even when they're when they're speaking french in your ear so that you, yeah. you can hear it and uh charlie said i sounded french <laughs> can i do it to this day my probably mom said not. it was good my mom said it was good uh but no it's probably one of the um my favorite 
shows that I've done, you know, besides Helvetica, obviously. Uh, I've never is, heard of that play. You've never you heard mean. of Helvetica by Katie Coleman? I'm going to cut this out. <laughs> No, Actually, this is my is this my edit i think this is my edit yeah ah damn it uh but yeah so it's probably one of the best like theater on stage preparation experiences i ever had um right. and i had so much fun and i watched emily in preparation for that so it always has like a little special place in my heart because it reminds me of that time when i was really working as an artist yeah yeah uh <laughs> Would you like to do the recap? Because sure, I tried yeah. thinking about it and I'm just, just like, I don't know how I would. I mean, the only thing I can say to recap this movie is this is a movie about a woman named Amelie. It is. Uh, <laughs> Amelie Poulain. Poulain. Um, she's 23 and she lives in Paris. And so basically it's a movie. It, uh, Amelie uh, Le, Le Destin Fabuleux d'Amélie Poulain, um, directed by Jean-Pierre Junet from 2001. And it's about this woman who's a young woman living in Paris. And it gives us, there's a narrator, it gives us information about her parents and mm -hmm. why they were the way that she they were and the, uh, why she grew up to be the way that she does. She's very um, introverted and... Mm -hmm afraid of social interactions and like kind of lives her life removed from everything but yeah. she likes she's so the movie is about her starting to realize why she needs community and her progression into becoming a more open social person i guess and yeah she starts doing little fun things it's just it's just cute really <laughs> it's, it's like cute. two hours of her being cute and doing cute things. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I can imagine, I can, and again, like I saw this movie when I was a kid. So I imagine that um, the effect that it had on me at that age might be different from someone who mm -hmm. sees it now with like, it's a little bit more cynical, probably I would imagine it could be annoying, but I don't find it bad at all. I find it um, very heartwarming and sweet and funny um it's so charming and, it's just it's a yeah, charming it's charming, charming film and like there's so many elements of just like magicalness throughout it like at one point picture talks to the guy that she ends up with and is just telling him about her and you know her picture her paintings on her wall like look out and talk to her and you know it's just it's very it's nonsensical and it's it's sweet and it's quirky and it's fun and it's everything that I want to be as a person in a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's very manic pixie dream girl. Like she's just That's what I said it was. I said Amelie or the Manic Pixie Dream movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is. It's very the whole movie, the pace is super fast, also. Yeah. Like it is moving at a clip. Like it is a two an hour 45 minute screenplay that they push into two hour movie um yeah and the narrator helps with that and it's just it's very much in that kind of style of movies that were popular at the time i think of the you know the um postmodern there's a narrator we're mm. gonna tell you all this random shit you know the movie <laughs> magnolia is very similar to this 
uh, oh, yeah. in that way, at least, or the way that things are presented in a way it's about like a bunch of different things that all cross over each other. Um, except that movie's a bummer, and this movie is funny. <laughs> and it's cute. super fun and sweet and quirky, and like the, her neighbor has bones that are made of glass, basically, and so all of his things are um, padded, and everyone is just quirky and cute and her mom dies because a french canadian jumps off of the notre dame cathedral <laughs> and and squishes her like lands squishes on her. her mom squishes her mom yeah, and right her dad, in front of amelie yeah and her dad is traumatized by amelie steals his gnome in the middle of the night because his her mom didn't like the gnome and so he finds it years later and he goes your mother never liked this but i'm gonna put this outside and so to cheer him up because he refuses to go travel and like live life, he very much lives inside and, you know, is very like closed off. She steals <laughs> the gnome, gives it to a flight attendant who takes it around the world and sends Polaroids to her dad. And her dad's like losing his mind being like, how, how is this gnome alive? <laughs> and uh so he just good. keeps going. He just keeps like going. I don't. I don't understand. I don't get I just, it. I don't, I don't get it. He has a yeah. panic attack at one point because the boards just keep coming, and he's like, "I just what magic? How?" But a lot of that's like this, and then ah, uh, just uh, Amelie <laughs> loves to um, right wrongs. I would say. Yeah, she devises stratagems. For a yeah. lot of, as she describes it, for a lot of different things. And she plays the long game in a lot of things as well. Like, yeah. She home alones her neighbor, but like home alones <laughs> him in his own house. Well, he deserves it. Because um, he does. He's, he's, he's an asshole to that one guy. Yeah. Who's so cute and so sweet. But also the first time I saw this, I got confused because I thought that that guy and the guy that she ends up with, in my mind, they both were so French. They just looked alike. And so they were like interchangeable in my mind. <laughs> but rewatching it, they look very different. They're very different people. They look nothing alike, I would I say. I know. Yeah. I mean, they're both like, men. French. They're both French. I did notice that one of my favorite things about this is how French it is in that the cafe that Amelie works at, because Amelie is a uh, waitress, the cafe that she works at has a tobacconist. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's set in the 90s. This movie is yeah. set in 1997. Because mm -hmm. Princess Diana's death is a launching point. <laughs> Strangely, this movie is kind of about Princess Diana's death. Right? Um, it's weird. I had totally forgotten that, but it's kind of a major part of the movie. Um, Everyone talks about it. Yeah, it's everyone's constantly talking about it. And because yeah. the movie takes place over the course of like, like a month or something you know not very long yeah. and it's all kind of around that that event that happened because the first thing that happens is she sees that princess diana died she drops like the lid of her lotion or something and it rolls to the to it the was wall. actually night perfume that she was putting on because the french wear night perfume and since watching this movie i would like the listeners to know that i too have started doing night perfume Okay, but you share a bed with someone, usually. Do the French wear night perfume when they're sleeping, when they live alone? I mean, you just always gotta smell nice, right? What's the benefit of the night perfume for? For I yourself? Mean, I, I just like smelling nice. I've, well, I've sure, been doing it when Charlie's gone. 
Sure, but like, do you smell it after a while? I mean, like, the thing, like, most of so the stuff, like, the stuff that I wear, I don't really, nice. I don't really smell. You know, that's a good point. Your sheets smell nice, you smell nice. And then when you roll out of bed and, like, get ready in the morning, you don't stink. Sure. I don't know. It's the French. No, no, you're selling me a <laughs> night perfume. <laughs> Oh, uh, but I did think it was interesting that they use Princess Diana as sort of this like umbrella throughout the movie as sort of this thing, this touching point of being like everyone's so obsessed with this one thing. Everyone's just talking about Princess Diana. And it was it no deeper than that. Yeah. It's it's a little I think there's there's part of it. I think that there's a little bit of, you know, she was a young, famous rich person and Mm -hmm. you know she died suddenly and i think uh, part of that is like the mortality aspect uh, is is part of like the uh, amelie's deal you know like her father (laughs) it's actually kind of sad so when she was a kid her father like never hugged her or touched her at all and so but he was a doctor and so once a year or something they said that he would give her a checkup and that was the only time he ever like touched her and she would be so happy that her father was showing her some kind of attention or love that her heart would start beating fast and because of that he diagnosed her with a heart condition (laughs) so he's just like be careful amelie your heart and she's like yeah and so you know, that's told to us by the omniscient third person narrator and not by Amelie, who sometimes talks to the camera herself. So it's something that she probably doesn't even know. Um, Very true. And I feel like, you know, her, the specter of death, I'm sure is, is meant to motivate her to begin her like journey in this movie. You know, she wants to do something with her life. Yeah. How very fresh. Um, because her father, you know, never did. And her mother yeah. died young. And, you know, um, there is. And a her mom was crazy, thing. too. Her mom was neurotic. Oh, yeah. Her mom was neurotic. Yeah. Yeah. That scream when the goldfish yes! jumps out of the face. Amelie has the goldfish named, like, what, Bubbles? Or Blubber. Oh, I, I wrote it down. Blubber. I, I wrote a note about it. <laughs> I didn't catch what it was in French, but. Oh, I didn't either. And, uh. Oh, I did say, Jesus, we kill her mom like that? Um, but a suicidal goldfish, how very Wes anderson how very yeah. we, yeah. a suicidal goldfish. And I, yeah. I got caught in this, like, thinking circle as I was watching it. And I was like, but how does the fish know that it hates its life if it only experiences it five seconds at a time? How does it know that it can jump out of the water? How does it know, you know? How does it know it anything? It can't breathe out of the water, you know? He doesn't even exactly. know it's a fish, Emma. <laughs> um, it survives a surprising amount of time outside of the water, too, when it jumps out. And it's just sort of, like, flopping around. It's like a whole... Yeah what I'm taking like five minutes that this fish is just flopping around. And then Amelie's mom is like, you can't have a fish anymore. This fish is psycho. It's true. Which, fair point. I know. I don't know how long fish can live uh, breathing air. I don't know if the fish, five minutes. if their fish respiratory system is similar to ours, because the reason, because water gets in our lungs and that kills us. 
So I don't know if air in their little gill holes or whatever hurts them in the same way that it does us. Because like if there was just no air, we would live longer, I think, than if the water. Yeah. You know what? I'm saying that. <laughs> and I don't know if that's true. Science news. Science corner. It's like your lungs collapse. I don't know. I on on the second time I've had to mention in this podcast, <laughs> I'm not a marine biologist. So I don't know the answer to the fish lung <laughs> question question here's a question for you so princess diana's death plays a large part in this movie do you remember where you were when princess diana died yeah i do actually weirdly i was at my grandmother's house and i was like you know 10 um and maybe younger and uh it was like it happened and then we all went upstairs because it was night i think yeah i don't it was at I least remember, night when we found out about it. I remember it was night. I was the in the funeral. basement. Oh yeah, no, there was this was the night that it happened. Yeah, because oh. my mother was very upset because my mother was had a whole thing about Diana, as many so women of that mom. age did. So, yeah, it was yeah, like a, a big I, tabloid thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think because it was just she was like the first relatable royal that was of at least a similar age as my mom. And I, I just remember, I don't remember when she died, but I remember my mom sitting in the kitchen on a stool in front of the kitchen TV and she's watching the funeral live and just crying. It was the first memory that I have of just seeing my mom cry and being confused about why she was crying. And I think it was actually the first memory that I have of her crying, but that can't be right. That's surely not right. You would have been kind of old to not see yeah, your mother cry I, before. Yeah. That was 97. I would have been like nine, eight or nine. Yeah. But it's a memory. It's the only memory I have or the earliest memory that I have of her crying. I'm sure she cried before. And yeah. me being so confused and being like, well, why are you so upset about this stranger? And her being like, well, it's just so sad, Emma. It's just so sad. And that was her reasoning. But I just always think about that. Even when I watch The Crown. It was very important to mm-hmm. to that generation, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think for sure. Because she was like so relatable and she was a fashion icon for them. And yeah. she just, she did a lot of really empowering things that that generation didn't really have a lot of like um, role models in the same way. Especially not the British yeah. people. But yeah. uh, if you ask my husband what he thinks about Princess Diana and Charles and Camilla and the crown bringing up all those feelings again, he will say, couldn't care less. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. He <laughs> has no opinion. I also don't give a shit about any of that stuff. Like, I don't. I do not want to hear it. I will not watch The Crown. Like, I hate the, like, the concept of monarchy yeah. so much. Like, I don't want to watch that shit. <laughs> oh, 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 are you sad? Did you come to my Queen's Get a live. birthday party, though? No, you didn't. I don't think anybody came. Um, no, that's a lie. Four people came. <laughs> and it was, it was oh. a lot of fun. It was the Queen's Jubilee. We we threw a party. I might not have been invited. We might not have been. Uh, Everyone was yeah. weirdly out of town that day, oh. and so like it was just my friend, um, not our friend Madison, a different Madison that I work with, 
um, and her husband, Devin, for most of it. And Madison did her year abroad in the UK. So she was very like in it. And uh, it was just, she's actually, she went to school where Charlie is from, which is Birmingham. But <laughs> it was, it was a, a hoot and a half because the entire time, this was before the queen died. Oh, the entire yeah. time, her birthday would have been before she died, yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, and we were joking about how it wasn't really the queen. It was just a bunch of cats in a queen suit or <laughs> she was just, she was dead and they they were, this is all pre-taped. Oh, and right. Because there was like theories that, that it wasn't really her. She was already gone. Because she had just yeah. came to the window and waved or something like that. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, girl was old. Was that her 90th birthday? Like, I don't know how old she is. She was. No, I, it was her Jubilee, which is the celebration of her, um, her, her coronation. So, which weirdly is also around when they celebrate her birthday, but it's not actually, her it's very confusing. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that Prince or King Charles is now in charge and he does not have the face for a profile to be on money. <laughs> he has a bad profile. Anyways, so I that's all very relevant because this movie <laughs> primarily deals with the British monarchy <laughs> and not working class Parisians. And not working class Parisians. A fun fact about this movie that I read about um, because Emma loves fun facts. Emma loves fun facts. We all love fun facts. That's my right. But they, um, so how do you pronounce the director's name? Jean Pierre Junet. Junet, yeah. Jean-Pierre Jeunet. So his previous films, Delicatessen, which I have not seen, and also, strangely, Alien Resurrection, mm -hmm. uh, were pr shot primarily in studios, which he prefers because it allows greater control. I get it. You don't have to worry about, like, people. You don't have to worry about, like, anything. You can control your own lighting, blah, blah, blah. But recreating the Montmartre neighborhood on a soundstage would have been prohibitively expensive yeah so he shot on location even though it didn't really fit his like dreamlike imagination of what the movie was so they basically cleaned up the area they like cleared it of cars cleared the graffiti um put in new posters and really redid it basically um equivalent to what <laughs> chicago did when they filmed batman versus superman oh and they turned all of Uptown into Gotham. They shot it in Uptown? They shot where, so where I've never Batman's seen parents die. I haven't either, but I just know this because I saw, like, they changed the red line is over there. And so they changed it out for the green line and, like, put, like, a bunch of fake stops and things. Yeah. And so the, um, what theater's over there? The Not Uptown. The Vic, but oh, yeah. the Uptown Theater? The Uptown Theater like is, right... is not open, but it's a but it's a huge theater. Yeah, there. I think they used the Uptown Theater, yeah, or at least sense. the exterior and that alleyway as where his parents get killed. Oh, really? Yeah, I drive by that alleyway so, all the time. Yeah. yeah, well, that's where Batman's parents died. <laughs> sounds right. So there you go. Anyways, Batman also famously French. Correct. Yes. Um. The uh, yeah, it's very much a like stylized Paris. It's very much like a storybook, like why uh, people who don't live in France, I think, imagine what Paris is like, or even people who live like out yeah. in the country in France, probably 
um, imagine what Paris is like. It is not very modern. And I guess, you know, it's set in the 90s. I mean, it's, it was set five years before the movie came out. So not really that much. But yeah, it is it is definitely closer to like a 70s, I would say, feel in terms of the way everything looks. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And it's it adds to that whole vibe of again like i'm probably gonna say manic pixie dream girl the most in this episode but like it adds to that whole like twee manic pixie dream element of that it's like you know how the opening of new girl they're like pushing Mm -hmm. the like fake um props and like the birds and things that's basically what amelie is is the opening (laughs) to new girl yeah yeah yeah, but in French. So if Zoe Deschanel spoke French, mm-hmm. and that opening was two hours long, it would be the same thing. Yeah, it's pretty similar. Uh, <laughs> it is. I mean, it, who who's that girl? It's Amelie. It's Amelie. I don't know if you feel this way, but every time, and I made a note of this, every time I watch this movie, uh, I get very tempted into getting that that freaking haircut oh the super short bob yeah because it's, it's so cute on her on her yeah and it's like shaved it's in the back so yeah. Cute. yeah it's very much of that like time and that tweeness yeah before twee um and so yeah so amelie is played by audrey toto mm-hmm. who audrey is adorable like very very singular look like nobody looks yeah. like her and then she why well, is she's like a french audrey hepburn yes 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 she has um yeah nobody else contemporaneously i guess looks like her as well yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 um totally she's but kind of becomes a like a a bigger star because of this movie you know i know like at least a lot more french movies get got released in america like i remember going to see uh, a very long engagement in theater um, in college, I think, whenever it was. Um, mm-hmm. But she never really, she never really did American movies, right? She never really crossed over as far as we know. She was in Da Vinci Code. Oh, of course. She's in the Da Vinci Code, right? <laughs> she's in the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. She plays Jesus's <laughs> great granddaughter in the Da Vinci Code. Jesus is great, which is just, so great yeah. so so great and i just like amelie have only seen that movie once and i saw it in bulgaria oh which means it was dubbed in no it was in english but s- subtitled with bulgarian so which means that i could understand it as long as people were talking were speaking english but unfortunately a lot of that movie is in latin and oh, french shoot. and various other languages yeah. Uh, so yeah. had no idea what was happening anytime something was was happening like that. But it was um, it's a terrible movie. It's really bad. It was a very uh, I think strange experience <laughs> seeing it in uh, Bulgaria, though. I think it's 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 not the best movie, but I think that it's a fun like similar to how National Treasure is. Oh, you I know, think National Treasure is like... way better than The Da Vinci Code. Oh my god, I love the National Treasure movies, both of them. <laughs> he has to kidnap the president of the United States, Emma. Like yes. Versus Jesus's great granddaughter. Which one of those are you going to pick? Jesus's great granddaughter. But I mean, National Treasure doesn't have a masochistic um, Paul Bettany. monk. That's true. <laughs> Paul Bettany. Yeah. Weirdly, an albino Paul Bettany. Yeah. 
So you're right. You it's go. you're right. It's not good. Um. <laughs> I think it's a great Charlie and I watched it. I I'd seen it like years and years ago in high school, and then uh, Charlie and I watched it on like New Year's Day. It's a great hangover movie. You can like leave and go to the bathroom and come back and know exactly what's happening. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, so the synopsis uh, is Harvard symbologist Robert Langdon. He's <laughs> a symbologist. Harvard symbologist. Uh, so that also has um, very much to do with Amma. I mean, that movie, at least a large section of it, is set in in it's set in Paris. The whole movie set in Paris, is yeah. And Audrey Tattoo is in it, yeah. Or tattoo, Audrey tattoo, uh, which is just Toto? if I have like ever Toto. seen a person tattoo, if I've ever seen a person that just embodies what their name sounds like, oh it's yeah, her. yeah yeah yeah, because it's like Audrey tattoo. Yeah. There's a bunch of movies that are like on my list that she's in that she. There's one. Oh my god. There's one that I've been meaning to watch where she plays like a con artist, and she basically dates a bunch of rich guys. And then she falls in love with one. Is that and he loves? Just like really cute. He loves me not. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's what that is. I, oh. well, I haven't seen anyway, it either, but I, so, I've I've looked at it before. Yeah, we should put it on the list. Yes, because Audrey Tattoo is fabulous, yeah. and any excuse to have <laughs> something with the- subtitles that forces my husband to pay attention. Oh yeah, is he on his phone halfway through the movie? Always. Yeah. Always. Always. He he says he's just reading about the news, but all the time it's just cricket. It's nonsense. Oh my god! Uh, this isn't about Charlie. <laughs> I said okay. That skeleton scene was weird. Oh my god! It was. If by weird you mean hot, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I that's what it was. Yeah, where he she goes to the so she goes to this. Well, this is my uh, this is when she's house. she's trying to find this guy because she's decided yeah. she's in love with him even though she's never spoken to him. They've never spoken. Yeah, and they do address it, which I I put down as how convenient. <laughs> um, the power of memories. What did I say? I said. You know, you've known her as always in your dreams is what one of the people in like the Polaroid that like become alive tell this guy. And I wrote convenient way to get around building a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so I found that in my notes, it says a man getting a man dressed like a skeleton breathing in my ear and touching my neck. Yes, please. That's what I wrote. Reference to that. Does he know that it's her? Is that why he gets all horny? Or do you I don't think, think so. I think that's just how French haunted houses are. <laughs> I also love because he he has so many. This guy has so many like part time jobs. He works at this haunted house, and then he also works at a um, porn store where there's peep shows. Yeah, and Charlie went, oh, France. <laughs> but um, I'm she pretty calls sure they have those in America. The number. They have those in America. They definitely have those. His friend went made a point of going to a strip club the night before our wedding. Cool. And it was by O'Hare. Oh, God. The airport strip yeah. club? That's no good. Was it called yeah. the landing strip, no. at least? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I have no idea what it was called. Have you ever been I to was a strip very club? Fast asleep. I have not. There was one that was like by my college called Baby Dolls oh, that baby. all of my friends would go to. Yeah, Baby Dolls. It was famous because I went to, 
I went to school in East Texas and it was famous for having a one legged toothless stripper, but it may have just been a lie, sure. an urban myth. Yeah. But apparently all the strippers were real sad. That sounds right. Yeah. I, I've never been to a strip club. Um, not a. I do love the movie Hustlers, though. Oh, Hustlers is great. Yeah. With, uh, with JLo. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good movie. I mean, power to strippers. If you love that and that's your job, that's your calling, you do you. Oh, sure. Yeah. But this is a sex positive podcast. Sure. Yeah. And sex worker exactly. positive I'm podcast. Pretty positive that, like, at least one of the strippers at Baby Dolls in Nacogdoches, Texas, was probably doing it for drug money. Yeah. Because Texas. Sure. The, uh, the strip club in my hometown in Tennessee growing up was called the Mouse's Ear. Oh, why? Couldn't tell you. Where did they even get that name? I have no idea. I don't know if it's some kind of dreadful euphemism or if it's just kind of like a random thing. I, I, I don't want to look into it, honestly. I don't want to know. A mouse's ear doesn't look like a vagina or a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to think about it. Oh, man. My mom's going to listen to this podcast. And I have talked way too much about sex on here. <laughs> Just, oh God, cats! Stop! This is. Hold on, I have to fix something. You were gonna sure, fall yeah. off the bed. Thomas is just like sitting in an empty suitcase on it on the bed, but it's like sliding off. And then Roland is like batting on him, being like, "I want to sit in the suitcase." And so then they're fighting. Aww. It's very cute. Sorry, Emma had to corral her uh, rambunctious sons. My rambunct rambunctious kitty sons. Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned earlier about this not technically being a rom com. Yeah, it's mostly about her. Like, it's a comedy for sure, yeah. and it's mostly about her specifically, like, kind of coming out of her shell and like making friends and like trying to better other people's lives, mm -hmm. but in a weird, creepy way. <laughs> um, Again, she home alones her neighbor in his own house. Well, he deserves it. And so let's does. talk about yeah. the, the vegetable man. The yeah, vegetable um, man. I don't know any of these characters' names outside of Amelie. Uh, Colignon. Oh. His name is Colignon. Colignon. There's a whole yeah. scene where it's just yeah. like they're saying the guy's name. It's his little his little assistant at the vegetable stand and who he like just like rags on all the time and this guy's just like this really nice sweet man and he goes to drop off uh some groceries to an elder the elderly gentleman who has uh glass bones and he goes you can call him an asshole and so they go through this entire like rhyming thing in french about which is like yeah. colin young asshole <laughs> Yeah, well, it rhymed in English and it rhymed in French. So I'm curious to know like what they were originally saying in French. I couldn't quite make it out. I'm I speak like a little bit of French, like moderate amount of French, I would say. Like I can usually pick stuff up, but that was um, it was also yelling and, you know, accented and everything. Um, yeah, he's really horrible to his, um, you know, developmentally disabled, uh, like, yeah, worker guy. Yeah. Right. Who's got an arm thing. And you don't really know yeah, the specifics yeah. about it. And no, it doesn't. It doesn't come into it. But he's really yeah. terrible to him. And he calls yeah. him slurs. Um, and he uh, 
so Amelie decides that she's going to break into his house and like just change all his <laughs> shit around just to make him think she decides to gaslight him. him yeah um just yeah. in general like she replaces his slippers for smaller ones she puts salt in his like whiskey she switches his toothpaste and foot she cream. switches the bathroom um, um handle so that because there's like one that's more of like a long holy ha- handle and then there's like a, a knob the doorknobs and yeah. so like yeah. when he goes in the morning to like go grab the doorknob he like can't grab it because it's not like muscle memory isn't like computing yeah. And then she also resets yeah. his clock so that he shows up to work like hours early. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's it's really good. Like it's one of those things. It's like God, I know some people. Right. I would love to do this right. too. You know. Ugh. He deserved it. Um, and she there's a there's a woman downstairs who's like very sad because her husband, who she adored, like left her for another woman and then died immediately after like fleeing to South America with all this money that he, he stole. sounded like a terrible person. And so Amelie. Yeah. Oh, he was awful. Yeah. And Amelie like creates a fake letter from him saying that, you know, he still loved her and he was coming back before he died. And so like to give her something yeah. to live for. And then she like hooks up the, the tobacconist woman at the restaurant where she works with the, the worst, worst man. man. The he's like a stalker. And the reason why he's at the restaurant is because he's stalking his ex-girlfriend, who is also a uh, waitress there, who's one of Amelie's friends. So yeah. Amelie's like, well, I'll just hook him up with this. Um, what's what's it called when you think that you're sick all the time? Oh, hypochondriac. This yeah. hypochondriac tobacconist. <laughs> and then they do it really loudly in the restaurant and amelie thinks oh i'll just cover up their moans and stuff by making some espresso well amelie is like pretty into it first yeah. of all like amelie's weirdly horny she to listen to these other two people have watching sex people do it yeah she loves yeah. watching people do it she does it at least three times in this movie honestly like, so many people love watching other people do it actually like at one yeah. point the really honestly i'm surprised that she was put off by him working at the the porn right? store it seems like something she'd be into yeah oh that's what i was gonna say a line that got a verbal laugh from charlie that wasn't about someone being french was (laughs) was um when she calls the porn store because she like finds this guy's like unique hobby of collecting discarded polaroids from an id like like picture booth photo booth and he puts them together and it's like his little special album and so she finds it and or she like takes it he drops it whatever and so she calls there's like a lost sign she calls it to tell him that she's got it and she gets the porn store and she goes and they start asking her all of these questions like are you shaved (laughs) and she goes what no and he goes well fur pies won't sell (laughs) fur pie won't yeah it doesn't sell i saw i remember that too yeah i wrote that down fur pie it's uh yeah i mean it, who knows what he said in French, too? That's just what they decided to translate it to, yeah. you know? I feel like it would be, like, for macaron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a, a, for quiche? For quiche? Well, no, like, you know, a vagina is more like a macaron. <laughs> yeah. If you could say that a vagina was any dessert, what would you call it? What would you say is the most mm. similar dessert to a vagina? Well, it's not a pie. Very- 
macarons are hard you know that's the first thing i think they about a macaron is that it's but on the insides <laughs> you need to go to the doctor if your <laughs> vagina is hard listeners if it's if it if you can like tap on it like that no you need to see a doctor or you might be barbie that's true that's also a possibility yeah <laughs> So that's very much what this movie is about. It is the movie is rated R, and despite mm-hmm. its tweeness and its sentiment and its sentimentality and how sweet it is, it is very much aware of the like realities of the world. I think, yeah, in terms of like it's very frank about sex. It's very frank mm-hmm. about like um, the way things are discussed. Yeah. Uh, so despite the visuals being kind of storybook and in the past the the actual story and the dialogue is certainly very contemporary of the late 90s yeah yeah and one thing that that i did really like was um that all the people in this movie they look like people that you would pass on the street like nobody with the exception of audrey tattoo uh, if you were French, yeah. Yeah, if you were French and you were walking down the street, everyone just looks like a normal person. I feel like if they were to remake this in America, everyone would look absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. It does not matter. And that's not the point of it. Or they would like look like a character. Like in the scene where she's like, I wonder how many people are having orgasms right now. You see, your first thought of when you think of how many people are having orgasms right now is maybe like how many really attractive people are having orgasms right now. But you see all yeah. shapes and sizes and couples of all different ages and ranges orgasming. And I thought that was very nice. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, again, very French, you know, very like <laughs> very French casual French. nudity. Yeah. Like, like that is not considered. It doesn't have the, um, they don't have the puritanical, um, you know, censorship of, of nudity and stuff like, um, like yeah. we do in America. Yeah. So one thing, oh yeah. Back on the Diana thing real quick. Yes. I didn't get this out. No, no, no. Yeah. So part of that is I think in the title of the movie. So again, I'm not super strong with French, but the word destin. So like destin fabuleux d'Amelie Poulain is the name of the movie, which could be like the fabulous destiny of Amelie Poulain. Or like the fabulous life of Amelie Poulain, or some, the fabulous f- fate yeah. uh, uh, is are the is the word that we're going there, using there. But there's two different words for fate in French, and one of them is destin, and one of them, which you know, like destiny, and one of them is sore. Um, and the way that they're used are different. So, for example, if you were going to say, you know, somebody had, you know, um, a sad fate, you would say a triste sore. Um, but you wouldn't use destin in the same way. So destin is so it's best described as at one scene in the movie, they're at the newsstand and you see all the Diana tabloids and stuff. And one of them oh, has yeah. a picture of her and it has her dates of birth and death. And it says destin on it. Oh. And so like the the fate of someone like their whole their whole life there it's a different it's like a larger meaning of the mm-hmm. word fate than the way we would use it or the other word in french and so i think that has to be a tie in to to amelie as well like yeah. the it's about what you what you make of your life right yeah. it's not not necessarily like you're destined to do this specific thing it's more about like your like the <laughs> you're like 
purpose. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I also love the fact that they do bring it up. And this this is a song in the musical, the only song name that I, I can recall from the musical, because the musical famously opened to mild reviews on Broadway, but then closed and they did some rewrites and apparently it they reopened it on the west end and apparently it's great but times are tough for dreamers and so like i think that another really like interesting through line of this is that being a dreamer is hard but you know if that's your life purpose and that's who you are stay true to who you are because you'll find your your tribe i guess your people yeah 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 um and life, I mean, life is hard for dreamers, you know, is that's hard for so dreamers. true as such a bunch of dreamers uh, in my, everyone I know, basically, in my life. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I really like, there's a, um, there's a writer there in the cafe who's there all the time. And he says, uh, life is but a draft, a long rehearsal for a show that will never play. Hmm. And I think that's really beautiful yeah. as a playwright, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so the rom-com element is like, you know, a fifth of the movie, basically, oh, yeah. maybe like, cause there's a little bit more with the photos, I guess. So I guess it's yeah. more like maybe a third of the movie, but he is in it much less so. Yeah. Um, and he is Mathieu Kasovitz, uh, who is a famous French actor and writer and director. Um, oh. he made a movie called La Haine, uh, Laine, uh mm-hmm. Laine, I don't know, uh, from the nineties, which is like this really rough it's about like um street kids uh in paris uh, in the 90s and it's very like i mean la la haine means uh hatred you know it is um it's very like about like race and and poverty and it's really like a um a tough movie and he made that movie and then he made a bunch of garbage i think after (laughs) and then amelie I can't. Well, he didn't direct this movie, but no, he was but in. He was, he in was it. the actor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he directed Gothica with Halle Berry. Oh, um, which what? Is, Why? Well, not good. Um, and he's made a bunch of like weird other um, movies. I can't speak for the ones in French, but the uh, the English language movies he's made is very strange filmography. Yeah. So uh, another little fun. Tell tidbit. us about the photo booths. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. So this is not about the photo booths, but uh, another fun fact. So there was a bit of controversy when the movie opened in France and it it obviously opened because it's a great movie. It opened to great reviews, but then it was not invited to play at Cannes. And um, even though that's very common for like hometown critical babes. So (laughs) apparently the festival director said that they just didn't find the film very interesting. But what they found out later was that the selection committee had seen what's called a work print of the movie, which oh. is an unfinished version of the movie that didn't have its incredible score, which I think really mm. uh, is the white sweater of this movie is the score. The score. The score. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we forgot to do the white sweater last episode. We did. Yeah. And I meant to bring Great it up. Back. Yeah. <laughs> but the right white sweater of this movie, I think is absolutely the score. Yeah. Fantastic score. Um, we were watching it, and Caitlin was like, "Is that Alexandre Desplat?" And I'm like, "I don't think so," uh, but it does sound like something he would do. He does the scores for all the Wes Anderson movies. Oh, He's, nice. um, yeah. But it is not, and I because I looked it up, and I didn't know who that was. And his name is uh, Jan Tiersen. Yeah. 
And he has done the score for a bunch of movies that I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, and was the reason that, that he got hired on this movie was because like a PA was listening to something by him. And the director was like, who is this? Tell me who this is. And he he was introduced to this. Basically, he was discovered on set um, without um, being there. Spot on Jean-Pierre Junet impression. That's you're exactly so what he welcome. sounds like. You're so, mm-hmm. so welcome. Another fun fact for you, if you're curious, is that this movie was originally written in French for Emily Watson. Oh. And so the main character, it wasn't Amelie, it was Emily. And sure. um, he then decided to... Change it a little bit because so it was going to be a French language movie about an English girl. Well, it, it, he was going to have her be French and speak French, but then <laughs> um, it, her acting didn't come off across as well when she wasn't speaking her native language because I get it. And so he revised the script to indicate that she had grown up in England, but then she had to drop out because she made Gosford Park. Oh, Gosford Park is good. It's so. It's way better than Gothica. Yeah. <laughs> so take that. <laughs> but the... What were we saying about the photo booth? Oh, I was going to say, like, just just tell the audience uh, about the uh, what happens with the photo booth. That's, oh. like, the last like event in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So they bond over the photo booth because she's following him around with... She has his, like, book, and he's, like, trying to find his book. and. There's this one picture that keeps popping up in the book and she comes up, her and her like elderly neighbor, right? Come up with this theory that he's this picture that keeps popping up is like, he's a secret agent. He's like a ghost. He, he's this mysterious man, very much like daydreaming this life, this fictional life of this stranger that they've never met. And he like, to be fair, he looks a little like a secret agent. He's like bald. And yeah. that's about it. <laughs> He's bald. He's um well, and it's the same. It's you know, it's a photo booth. So there's mm-hmm. four photos, and they're always the same expression. He yeah. doesn't move, and he doesn't smile. He's just looking at the camera. Yeah. And they're always torn up in yeah. the trash by the photo booth. And so he, um, Nino, the the guy who lost his photos, has become obsessed with the mystery of who this man is. Yeah. And Amelie also has started to think about that as well, which kind of I guess gives you the idea that they're like similar spirits or something they're they're each other's person because they both dream the same way and (laughs) and so basically amelie cracks the case one day when she is just going to a bunch of different photo booths and she like breaks one by putting some nuts and bolts in it and she discovers what it is what this guy is and he's the repairman yeah so it's this the the contrasted idea of this story that they create about this man in this fabulous you know life he's or he's death you know yeah. and you know he's he's come he'll he'll find you eventually or he's the you know a secret agent or something but in reality it's a very mundane like not very interesting yeah. answer but it is an answer and so she um she has she she manufactures uh 
a way for Nino to discover this himself. Instead yeah. of just telling him about it, she recreates the uh, circumstances that led to her finding out what this man does. Um, and then say, like goes and says, like, she's like, meet me here. And then she doesn't show up or yeah. like, it's, it's so frustrating. It's like this frustrating. annoying little girl. Uh, but also like, she, I had to remind myself several times during this, that she's 23. Do you remember yourself yeah. a 23 bundle of awkward nerves and, you know, just saying the wrong thing. Well, at least that was me saying the wrong thing all the time. <laughs> Doing the wrong thing, you know, just constantly worrying about everybody else's feelings. That's not Amelie, yeah. but it is. It's not, but Amelie's a I mean, you and I are both extroverts. Yeah. And this movie is primarily about an introvert and yeah. someone who is just afraid to interact with strangers at all. Um, but the weird thing about this movie, you know, um, Sleepless in Seattle was Nora Ephron intentionally setting herself the challenge of I'm going to write a rom-com and the two characters don't meet until the last scene. And this movie, they don't even speak to each other. They don't even communicate outside of like a couple of, um, you know, signs that they post in the train station and like her talking to him on the phone, like three sentences, but he doesn't respond. Like she talks at him. Yeah. And then they and then they bang and like immediately after that, which I mean, I guess that's uh, kind of romantic in a way, you know, I guess. and the narrator tells us that they're meant for each other, too. Yeah. You know, so. you're constantly being forced in like this last third of this movie to be told that these two people are right for each other because we didn't spend any time building this relationship. So we have to tell Not you that they are meant for each other. And so the way that this movie ends will make sense to you. Yeah. And the ending is good. It is. Like, it's very cute. It ends with the, the narrator, like, describing, you know, the minutiae of the day. That's the other thing. Like, they're constantly talking about, like, minutiae. Like, every character who's introduced is saying, like, this person likes this, but doesn't like this. And this person likes this and doesn't like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and giving you these tiny little details about everything. And so the narrator starts doing that again. And then it's just them, like, driving through Paris on his motorcycle. And it's yeah. very cute. It's very, very cute. And she convinces her father to like travel yeah, because of the gnomes. Because like, of the gnomes. She kind of like she kind of like, you know, helps everybody and then she helps herself. And yeah. Kind of like Emma, the book. Not oh, I was you. like, me? Like me? <laughs> oh my god, crazy. Jane Austen's Emma. Oh, well, the story of my life. No, absolutely not. Uh I mean Amelie does like to hook people up, which I also enjoy. I love setting people up yeah especially when it works out it's very validating yeah i mean when it doesn't work out it's not good no i didn't do that nope yeah but we get your go get your girl speech which is your go get your man and get your head out of your ass amelie speech yeah from monsieur dufayel dufayel the man with the the man with the the brittle bones yeah brittle bones and then the really sweet vegetable assistant records them while they're doing it (laughs) yeah because france which you know i mean she probably i mean neither of them give their consent but you know based on on her previous like actions she's probably not that against it i would say i mean they do it in front of the window sure the curtains are are drawn but like shadows that's on you amelie and nino 
you know, I like the way she says that on the phone. So that's Amelie. Any final thoughts? Yeah. No, I think I got it. It's uh, it's an absolute delight. It is. I didn't write like any notes because I was too busy enjoying it. You're too busy being charmed. Exactly. Being charmed off my pants. Charlie would also like the audience to know that no notes, nothing to say. He liked it. So he liked it. He liked it. Yeah. Even though it's how many stars from Charlie on the scale of (laughs) whatever the first one was to basketball, basketball. his favorite movie. (laughs) Um, from from ozone to basketball. Right. He did want me to correct that and say that his favorite movie is Hedwig, and so it should be from ozone to Hedwig. But I like from ozone to basketball. Yeah, I mean, that's, sorry, sorry, Charlie, we're taking uh, this fact away from you, yeah. <laughs> it's funnier if your favorite movie is Basketball than Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Exactly. So Which is level... actually a good movie. Exactly. Albeit a fun, a funny one for a cis, straight British man to be his favorite movie. Exactly. He's a surprise. Yeah. He's a bundle of surprises. That's why I talk about him yeah. so much. <laughs> I should say, you know, my my partner, Caitlin, also uh, loves this movie and saw it, you know, when she was a kid, too, and has always loved it. Yeah. And she did watch this one with me. This is the first one she watched with me. Really? Yeah. But on a scale of ozone to to, um, basketball, I'd say Amelie probably is about, on the Charlie scale, his enjoyment, I'd say an eight. Okay, good. That's good. Yeah, like an 8.5. Yeah. He really enjoyed it. He probably would deduct a star or two because they were French and then French. tell me not to sure. tell people that that's why. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. I'm sure the 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 French would do the same for a British film. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. thank you guys for listening so much. My name is Emma and you can follow me on any social at Emily M Pizza. And I'm Katie and you can follow me on Twitter at Katie of the Lake. And that's it for now. <laughs> you can follow us. You can email us at gogetyourgirlpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, I guess. Yeah. It's, uh, there's only the two of us. You know, We'll see how much we <laughs> do that. But if you want to email us, email us and ask us questions and yeah. we'll read them on the show. And yeah. also, if you leave reviews on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict or wherever you listen to podcasts, please subscribe that really helps us a lot and yes. uh, and likes and reviews really helps yes. uh, a lot too because it puts us on the on the lists and i think i love this i just want to say i love this and i love love and thank you guys for it's, listening i love this is that our new sign off i love this and i love love i love this and i love love yes all right <laughs> good night good night